Welcome back to the English to Win podcast. I hope you're all safe and healthy, also doing well at work or studying. Today on the podcast, we have a special guest. His name is David Roman. He has a bachelor degree in psychology and a master in organizational psychology. And he's currently working in Ecolab. And we are going to talk about the importance of a positive mindset. Okay, Chris. So thank you so much for, for having me. Um, well, it's a pleasure to hear. And, uh, well, as you said, uh, I'd like to talk to, to you today about uh, the importance of having this uh, positive mindset or, or the things that we can achieve by having this positive mindset, okay? So uh, there is one subject that has us, like organizational psychologists, obsessed, which is uh, how to change uh, organizations, how to transform is culture and um, by having this positive mindset we can great, uh, get so huge achievements uh, regarding this this point and not only that is uh, also how do we uh, or how do you turn a team of low performance into a team of high performance so uh, regarding this topic if you check the, the the state of the art you will find the well no several theories and models that can be applied but for most of them, of those models uh, normally you have to anal analyze the problem find uh, weaknesses and try to to fix them but i think it's better going the the other way around find the strengths but uh, nevertheless uh, that's something very difficult to do because we human beings are Let's say we are experts in identifying negative things. Um, let's say that we've got a problem focus. That's why uh, I wanted to talk to you about the importance of having this positive uh, mindset. So, Chris, uh, to see this um, this problem that I'm trying to explain here, like consider, I would like you to consider the the following situation. So, think about a child that comes home one day after school with her report card, with her grades. Um, for example, she got an A, four bits, and one F. So, Chris, what do you think her parents will do with uh, this child? Well, that is a very good question, David. So, well, I reckon that Obviously, when the girl arrives home and shows the te her parents the, the report card, they will congratulate her on the A, and probably the Bs depends on the attitude of the parents. And with the Bs, they might just say, oh, well, you know, next time, study a bit harder, and that's it. However, um, talking about the F, I believe they will focus or put all their attention on the F because obviously when you fail all your negativity goes towards that towards the subject and what has happened so 
I believe that the, the that the parents will probably start going on to the to the child like um for example uh, what struggles have you had with the with the subject um, what has happened to you this term you haven't studied enough and the, so I I reckon that they will probably focus a lot on the F that's right. Uh, uh, I agree. Like nearly all parents will tend to focus on the F, uh, uh, and actually, it's easy to to empathize with them because uh, something seems broken. We still fix it. Let's uh, let's get her a tutor, or maybe uh, I don't know. She should she should be punished. Um, it, it is the right parent who will say instead, um, "Honey, uh, you made an A." Uh, in this one class, you must really have a strength in this subject. How can we build on that? Uh, what's working, and how can we do more of it? That's the main idea I want to I want to defend in in this in this podcast. What's working, and how can we do more of it? Sounds simple, but yet in the real world, this obvious question is almost never asked. Instead, uh, the question which we normally ask is uh, more problem focused as, as we said before, like what's broken and how, how do we fix it? So uh, this problem seeking mindset is, uh, this problem seeking mindset is a huge problem in each of us. Like psychologists who have studied this phenomenon, this uh, uh, predilection that we human beings have for, for, for the negative, uh, have reached some fascinating conclusions. So, uh, as an example or as an illustration of what they found, um, consider, considering that the end of this or one of the goals of this podcast is to, to foster the, the, the learning of English, I would like to propose to you an, an activity. So, the activity goes as follows like, I'm going to read to you, Chris, a set of words taken from my old English book dictionary. And they are all words for emotions, okay? So I took the, the first 24 of them uh, from an alphabetical list. And I would like you to try to identify any patterns in the, in the, in the words. So, so I'm going to repeat like 24 uh, words. All of them are words for emotions. And you have to try to identify a pattern in, in the words. Okay, so I'm gonna start reading to you the, the words. Angry, delighted, annoying, disappointed, appalled, ecstatic, apprehensive, excited, assane, emotional, bewildered, envious, betrayed, embarrassed, confused, furious, Confident, frightened, cheated, brave, cross, happy, depressed, and horrified. Okay, right. Well, okay, this is a pretty difficult. So I'm going to try and think what could be the pattern. Um, but the conclusion I have reached is that um, you have mentioned like 
four or five words in a row, which ha which are um, negative feelings or bad feelings, and then we go through uh, a small phase of positive feelings. So um, I don't know exactly where this is going to. So in uh, in my opinion. I believe that the pattern of this of these words that you have mentioned and you have listed from your dictionary is that we go through a long phase of negativity and then we enter uh, a short period of positivity. I don't know if I fully understand if I understood that and if that's the pattern. So can you please clarify this to me? Thank you. Okay, Chris, so thank you for your answer and for the effort. And I think that more or less you got the pattern. So basically, uh, only six of the 24 words I, I just read to you are positive words. Like the, the vocabulary is full with uh, neg neg negativ negativity or neg negative words. Um, all the sea of them are, are positive, as I said. So in, in a more exhaustive study, just to clarify that this is not only a coincidence of, of my uh, vocabulary, a psychologist analyzed 558 emotion words, everyone that he could find in the English language. And he found that 62% of them were negative versus 38% positive. So even the way in which we speak or even our own vocabulary is richer in negative words and negative feelings than it is in for positive ones. So it, it will be easier for us to describe a negative event than a positive one. And this is not the, the, the there are many more studies going in this direction. Like for example, people who are some pictures of bad and good events spend longer viewing uh, or checking the bad ones, the bad pictures. Uh, when people learn bad stuff about someone else is, let's say, more catchy, more is, is stickier than, than the good, that they would the stuff. Like people pay closer attention to the bad stuff, uh, reflect on it more, remember it longer and weight it more heavily in assessing the person overall. And even this pattern is so robust that researchers who study how we perceive uh, one another have a label, a label for it. Like they call it the positive negative asymmetry. So basically, it, it, what this says, this uh, label is that we remember better negative events than good ones. We are experts, as we say, as we said at the beginning, in negative things in analyzing uh, negativity. Bad is stronger than good. Um, as a famous uh, American writer said once, uh, Leslie Fiedler, uh, lots of novelists have achieved their fame by focusing on marital problems, but there's never been a successful novel about a happy marriage. So uh, I'm going back to our example. Uh, when your kids are making A's and B's, you don't think much about their grades. But when they make a D or an F, you spring into action. It's 
weird when you think about it, isn't it? That you start uh, doing things when the, the results are bad, but when the results are good, you don't do nothing. So, Chris, I would like you to, to, to imagine a world in which you experience a rush of gratitude every single time. Imagine a world in which, I don't know, after a girlfriend forgot his boyfriend's birthday, uh, he gave her a big kiss and said, for three of the last four years, you, you remember my birthday. That's wonderful. <laughs> but how many people will say that? So, yeah, this is not our world. But uh, uh, in times of change, uh, or, or it needs to be. So, if, for example, you are a manager of a huge company, you should ask yourself, uh, what is the ratio of the time I spend solving problems to, to, to the time I spend scaling success or successes? We should focus on the positive things and, as I said, try to make more of it and try to, to, to end this uh, negative mindset that we have. So now I would like to, I would like to show an example of the things that we could achieve by uh, having this positive mindset. Um, by, by illustrating this, I, I took like a real example of a, of a real story that happened. So, um, pay attention, Chris. <laughs> okay, well, before you start going into the example, um, I want to give you some of my thoughts. And um, also, I have a small question for you, which will be interesting for the listeners to, to hear. Right, um, about everything you were talking about, how I reckon that we are quite negative. We have a negative mindset, not by default, but most of the time we do have it by default. And talking about this, I would like to talk about um, some personal experiences and also um, real cases that I know. For example, um, it has happened to me, like for example, when I've had a bad day, or even a, like even if it's just like a small thing, like a silly thing, like for example, um, someone was probably being annoying or made a bad comment or had a bad attitude towards me while we were working or something, yeah? And suddenly, like if that happened early in the morning or around midday, then Throughout the day, I would constantly be um, remembering the thing that's happened, like, you know, this bad thing. For example, like if I had an argument with someone, then, well, with that argument, I will be remembering it all day. And, of course, it will start make it would be making me feel uh, a bit sad or make me feel cross or fed up about the what's, what's happened. And I couldn't, I wouldn't, I couldn't enjoy the good things or that were happening during the day. So I wasn't, I wasn't um, really annoyed and I was very unhappy for the rest of the day. However, I, like I was saying that I had that constant reminder feeling of what happened. So yeah, throughout the day, I wasn't focusing on the positive things. And then on the next day, then I would 
um, thing about why why was I fed up about this silly event that happened when there were so many good things that happened. So yeah, uh, that is what I wanted to mention. And now the question I have for you is that what is your view on society nowadays? Do you consider that we are we have a negative mindset, we have a positive mindset, because I know that all on all around on the internet, there are these, um, especially on the social media, we have these accounts or pages where they make posts about, um, you know, be your own boss, you've got to fight for your dreams, you've got to be positive, yeah, you've got to focus on the small things, and of course, the, the, the way I see those type of uh, posts or accounts is that um, it's, tox it's, toxic it's toxic positivity because you see it. It's not something you feel because I, I, I think that positivity is something that naturally happens and it's something you naturally feel. So, so yeah, I reckon that it would be interesting if you gave us your opinion about this, because especially for all those who are out there listening to us right now, they would like to know your opinion about this, because obviously you are the expert. So, yeah, uh, please tell me your opinion. So very easy. I mean, of course, these two mindsets, the negative and the positive mindset, they, they, they both live in the same world and we all have the, the, these two uh, ways of thinking. But my point here is that the most of the time, people, we all human beings are more focused in the, in the negative things that happen to us than in the positive things. Um, I think that it should, it should be the, the, the other way around. That's why um, I would like to explain to you this, uh, this, uh, this example uh, of real life, um, uh, what happened by applying this positive mindset and the things that we can achieve so of course there are people um having this positive mindset and people more negative oriented we have a bit a miss of everything but i'm convinced that most of the time we are using this uh, negative uh, mindset so okay uh, now I'm going to start explaining to you, Chris, the, 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 this uh, example. So play, pay attention, please. I'm going to try to, to summarize the story as much as, much as, as I can, okay? So, well, uh, in 1990, Very Sterling was working for Save the Children, the, the, the famous no, or very well-known international organization that helps children in need. So he was asked to open a new office in Vietnam. The government, the government had invited safety children into the country to fight uh, malnutrition. But when Sterling arrived, uh, the welcome was, let's say, rather chilly. So the foreign minister let him know that not everyone in the government appreciated his presence. The minister uh, told Sterling that he only had six months to make a difference. So uh, let's... Uh, describe the situation. Sterling was traveling with his wife and 10-year-old son. Uh, none of them spoke Vietnamese. He had a small team and limited resources. Uh, however, he was facing a complex problem with many factors involved as is malnutrition and with the, the time, the time constriction of only six months. Uh, 
So Stanley ha had read as much as he could about the malnutrition problem. He found that malnutrition was the result of several variables. As, as we said, it's a very complex problem. So basically in Vietnam, sanitation was poor, poverty was nearly universal, clean water was not available, the rural people tend to be ignorant about nutrition and other factors. So uh, Sterling was pretty clear that millions of kids couldn't wait to, for those issues to be, to be solved, to be addressed. So if uh, addressing the malnutrition problem required ending poverty, purifying water and building sanitation systems, then it will never happen especially in only six months with almost no money and the, the limited resources that we already described. But Sterling had a better idea. He traveled to rural villages and met with groups of local mothers. And Sterling asked, uh, asked the mothers, uh, did you find any very poor kids who are, uh, who are bigger and healthier than the typical child? He basically was trying to find if there were exceptions, you know, in the in the children of the village. So the mothers they they said "co co co," which is uh, in Vietnamese is yes. So uh, then they went and tried to find what were the, the differences that these or the different conditions that those children were having, why they were being healthier than the rest of the children. So Estonian strategy was to serve the community for what well Chip Heath and, and his brother Dan called. Uh, in his book, uh, Switch, uh, Bright Spots, uh, which are uh, successful efforts worth emulating. This bright spot, spots uh, is basically identified what we said before, what's working and how can, how can we do more of it? So uh, if some kids were healthy despite their disadvantages, that meant that malnourishment was not inevitable. So as a first step, Sterling and the mothers had to eliminate any bright spots who weren't, let's say, typical. So for example, a boy uh, might have an uncle in the government who could send extra food, so other families wouldn't be able to replicate that. So in order to recognize what the, the bright spot mothers, let's call them, were doing differently, they would have to synthesize the conventional wisdom about feeding kids. So they told to dozens of people, mothers, fathers, older brothers, sisters, grandparents, and they discovered that the community norms were pretty clear. Kids uh, were eating twice a day uh, with their family. So they, they, were having, they were having only two servings of food a day, okay? Uh, and then he found that the price spot moms, the moms that had these healthier children, uh, were feeding their kids with four meals a day. With the same amount of food, they were uh, giving to them four servings rather than, than two. So the larger twice a day meals eaten by most families turn out to be a mistake for children because their malnourished stomach, uh, stomachs couldn't process that much food at one time. Um, in addition, they found uh, another bright spot uh, that was that the, the bright spot mothers were collecting tiny shrimps and crabs um, for the children. Um, the general rule in the village or the culture was that these crabs and shrimps were uh, 
specifically for adults and weren't appropriate for, for children. So these uh, mothers that were having the, health, the healthier children were adding protein and vitamins to the children's diet. So let's summarize a bit what they, uh, what they just say. Sterling found two bright spots, with, uh, actually more, but since we are sum summarizing the story, um, a, small, a small group of children uh, that despite of everything, were having better nutrition habits. And the two uh, bright spots were that they were having four meals a day and also they were eating spring and crabs. Then there is something else that Sterling did, um, which was, uh, well, this is a topic for another podcast, but uh, I'm gonna explain in a bit because most of, most of the people in a Sterling situation will have been motivated to make an announcement and call the village together and unveil a set of recommendations. That's something that we love. Saying, for example, gather around, I've studied your problem and now I got the answer. Here are, in this case, uh, Sterling five rules for fighting malnutrition. But Sterling refused to make a formal announcement. He knew that knowledge does not change behavior. This is something very important because, for example, we all know that uh, smoking is bad for your health, uh, drinking alcohol is bad for your health, but still there are people that drink and people that smoke. So what people, uh, uh, what Sterling did was he designed a program with cooking groups composed by local families and the bright spot mothers, the ones that were doing things differently, let's say. So basically, uh, those months were uh, teaching uh, the rest of the months uh, the their strategy in feeding uh, their kids. So basically Sterling's role was only to help them to see that they could do it, that they could conquer malnutrition on their own. So six months after Sterling had come to the Vietnamese village, 65% of the kids were better nourished and remained that way. Years after when researchers came to, to Vietnam to gather, let's say, independent data, they found that even children who hadn't been born when Sterling left the villages were as healthy as the kids Sterling had reached directly. So basically Sterling and his small team uh, working with a short budget managed to make a huge change in malnutrition. What, uh, and what makes, it, what makes the thing more remarkable is that they weren't experts. They didn't walk in with the, with the answers. Um, all they had was a deep faith in the power of this uh, positive mindset, um, a faith in this, what we call uh, the bright spots. So Jerry Sterling came into an environment riddled with failure. The opportunities for analysis were endless. Like he could have stayed in Vietnam for 20 years writing uh, for position papers on the malnutrition problem. Um, but what he knew was this, like, even in failure, there is success. Like, even in, in, with all these difficulties, if you focus on the bright spots, if you, if you try to, to focus your, your attention into the positive things that are working in the village, you can achieve so many great things. Well, that was certainly a very shocking story, because as you can imagine, the this case or this example that you have illustrated is obviously one extreme because you are talking about how people were had their health 
over the line and they were hanging on to the little bit of health they had. And obviously that this researcher got lost on, uh, on what to do. Well, although he didn't get lost, it's, um, it's just a saying that we can say, that we can use that he just didn't know what to do or what way to approach the situation. So in, in conclusion, where he just went and looked for the look for the mums that were feeding the kids well and got them to to explain to the others how she did it and all that process was is quite shocking so um yeah uh i think that a lot of people listening to this will have their their doses of not just motivation but also understanding of when they have a negative event or they are or they have a negative mindset about something then now they after hearing you and everything you've explained to us and the 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 examples which which have been perfect nobody can deny that um it's i think it's going to help a lot of people and obviously um it can make or if this is something that we that we have to move on and we can share with others so that um, because obviously there are a lot of people out there who who probably have some mental health issues like um, like you know we all know that some uh, depression anxiety is a thing that sadly is quite common nowadays although it's something um, upset that you can't see between you can't see behind someone's face so so yeah i want to thank you for coming to the podcast and being part of this and i am really grateful to have you here not just because you are a great psychologist but also because you are a great friend and i hope to have you on other podcasts Thank you so much, Chris. Uh, I would love to, to, to be here again um, and continue discussing these topics and other related topics that, uh, well, uh, that I really like um, studying and also, and also sharing. So yeah, my pleasure. Um, I hope to see you soon.